Welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ. friends and welcome back. We are back with our podcast here at St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, a church with a mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ and a vision of being a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith that is centered in that relationship with Jesus Christ. And of course, when I say we, it's a special thing today, not only, well, let's just start with uh, <laughs> my my co-host, my colleague, my friend, the woman with the good shoes, Pastor Stephanie. So yes. good to be in studio with you it again is today. so good to be in studio with you too. And speaking of shoes, I have had several new pairs of shoes since the, our last recording. Oh my. In fact, I am wearing one of them. One pair. Awesome. Not, not one shoe. I'm wearing two <laughs> shoes at this very moment that are newer. Uh, 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 one new pair. Yes. Not one, one new from shoe. one pair of shoes and one from another pair of shoes. I have done that before. You're not wearing on a Nike and a Reebok. No, or, yeah. you would never mix that. <laughs> well, uh, and today is a new day for us yes. in our podcast world. Uh, right before we suspended recording on these back in the spring, we did add a new person to our staff to increase our ability to communicate with audio and visual technology mm -hmm. and so we now have our own this sounds so official i love saying I this know. we now have our own studio engineer That's do you right. want to introduce him I'll, i got to yes. introduce you you should introduce oh, our I would studio be engineer honored to introduce <laughs> our studio engineer and person who knows all things technological and otherwise and his name is jeff smith jeff how are you today i'm doing good how are you guys now, okay, we Jeff, you, you, you got to turn the deep stuff down on your voice or people are going to want to hear more of you and less of me, <laughs> which may not be a bad thing. You know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, it went, you know, I guess you could do like Darth Vader if James Earl Jones isn't it? We could, available. yeah. We start doing some uh, voiceovers. There we go. <laughs> there we go. In a world where <laughs> one podcast... <laughs> So as y'all can see, we've already got the rapport going. We are going to have a good fun uh, doing these podcasts. And, and we do want to catch y'all up on, on why we exactly we suspended these and took a break. Uh, perhaps most of our listeners, if not all of our listeners, are aware of the fact that uh, back in the spring, the, the church granted me the gift of taking what they called a sabbatical, just gave me six weeks off, just trying to renew and refresh. And as soon as I got back from that... Um, you know, I had to work a camp. Stephanie was preaching at a camp, and then she took some time off with her family, and we took our family vacation. And just through it all, we kind of felt like it was the best decision for us not to stress about trying to cram in a bunch of podcasts, so we would just suspend that. And our thought was when the summer is over, then we'll be able to get back to our regularly scheduled recording. And, of course, part of the purpose of the podcast is um, – we, we just know that the world is changing and the church is having to find ways to change to communicate our message. And one of the ways we do that is through the use of audiovisual technology, whether it's live streaming our worship services or doing the podcast. When, when we first started the 
uh, live streaming. It's like the second week. Somebody said, that's great. That's what we've been waiting for. So when are you going to disciple us online? And so that's really kind of what our hope is on the podcast is that this is a discipleship tool for people. Pastor Stephanie, do you want to add anything to that? What did I leave out? And Well, thank you for asking. I, I just think it's been a great way for us to um, be on a different type of platform. I think that is really uh, where we have to think outside the box and be creative and innovative about how we reach the most people. And that's one of the beautiful things right now about really social media and the uptick in different avenues of media. Because, you know, if you think about it, social media and even technology can be used for a lot of good and a lot of bad. Right. It, it, it's kind of neutral. It's the mm-hmm. attitude and energy people put into it. That exactly. Gives it either a white hat or a dark hat. Exactly. And I love the fact that the church really has adopted these new platforms so that we can reach the entire world. I mean, that that really is an amazing thing. When I think about the people we've reached in the podcast, we get statistical analysis on the that pretty frequently, and it's really fun to see that we touch people in places literally around the world. It, it really is. You know, I mean, maybe it's a serviceman or servicewoman who's deployed into another mm-hmm. country, or maybe it's just uh, friends that we have through our church family that live in other cities and places, so they're not going to show up for one of our traditional kind of discipleship groups, but this does help mm-hmm. them uh, to grow in their discipleship. And yes. so, friends, we're glad you're tuning in. We're glad to be back, and let's just jump into today's topic. Uh, this past Sunday, we actually started a series on the church. And what I said in the sermon on Sunday was, uh, this this is not like revealing deep mysteries of scripture or <laughs> right. helping people to think about God in, in ways they don't think. I don't want to say, it's, I, I told you before the <laughs> service is plain vanilla, but I thought, no, right. that, that, that sounds kind of sticky sweet. So we called it hamburger. <laughs> right. It's just your basic meat. It, yes. It's not steak. It's not filet. It's uh-huh. not roast. It's not even fajitas. <laughs> it, it is hamburger meat. And in talking about the church, um, the thing that we looked at was a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where there was, uh, we're given a picture of a church that is struggling with disagreement and division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Apostle Paul in writing to them says, look, the whole people of God, all of the church has the same foundation. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing that's easy to forget sometimes is no matter what an individual church lowercase c with church, Mm -hmm. which all of these little churches make up the church, Mm -hmm. capital C, uh, the foundation of the church, the whole people of God, is a person. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it is Jesus. It's not promises. It's not principles. uh, It is a person, Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. And that's why our mission uh, in being a part of that capital C church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that we can be very aware of is that some people actually think the foundation of the church is something different. And what I mean by that is they try to build their faith and they try to build their whole world view of, of what it means to be a person of faith uh, on a foundation that's really sometimes not Jesus. And yeah. I don't mean to sound judgmental in that. Mm-hmm. I just think that sometimes you meet people and you can tell uh, they talk about Jesus, but they, they really, it, yeah. you know, it hadn't really clicked. They haven't connected all the dots of what mm-hmm. it means to 
be a person of faith. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's so interesting when I think about that, and I loved it that that was our scripture. Obviously, it, it's so fitting for what you were talking about. But it's interesting to me too that that the foundation of Jesus Christ is something that never has to change. We will never have to dig up the foundation of the church and start again because Jesus Christ is now forever and always was and always will be and but sometimes the church needs to go back to its foundation and rebuild on top of that and I think it's an interesting idea that um, when we think about the other foundations that people try to build their lives on like I would think about Christians building their lives on maybe tradition instead of Jesus or building their lives on scripture which you know don't shoot fiery arrows at me yeah. because you need to build your life on that as well but 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 the scripture comes as a result of who Jesus is the scripture comes as a result of who God is so i look at things like tradition and scripture and um, even leaders in the church when you think about people like billy graham or you know these leaders that have helped in some ways to pave the way for the church um, i look at them as part of the structure but not the foundation. Yeah, exactly. You know? that, that is very well said. You know, Jim Cimbala, who's at Brooklyn Tabernacle, oh, yeah. one of my favorite authors, mm-hmm. um, somebody who I believe ministers powerfully uh, in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Definitely. And in one of his books, the first book of his I read, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, he wrote that if you go to a church on Sunday morning, you find out how popular the church is. Yeah. If you go to a church on Sunday night, you find out how popular the pastor is. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. if you go to the church for prayer meeting, yeah. you find out how popular Jesus is. Yeah. Now, maybe that's a little overstating some things, but, right. I, but I think his point is well taken. Is, mm-hmm. is, is, is Let's just imagine, uh, well, really, we, could, we don't have to imagine too hard. We can go back to the foundations of when St. Andrews yeah. started. We were the hot mm-hmm. new church in southwest Oklahoma City. Right. And and people would come here and people were joining the church and there was more of an excitement and a buzz in, in those first days of the church. Yeah. Uh, and then, then I came. <laughs> and, and that was at the tail end of that yeah. crest because within the first two years that I was a pastor here at St. Andrews, we had five new churches in a two-mile radius mm. that, that were planted. And so all of a sudden... Uh, we're 12 years old, but we're not the hot new church right. anymore. There, there are other churches now. Whether they were hot or not is debatable because I don't think all of them really, mm-hmm. you know, lasted that long. Uh-huh. But they were all new, right? And uh, when people, a lot of times, people will go from one church to the next. What's the new, next mm-hmm. hot thing? And, and when you see people do that, you think. Okay, so they really haven't connected the foundation of Jesus. They may mm-hmm. speak the language, right. but what they're really saying is, uh, I'm going to go to a church that meets all my needs, yes. where Jesus would say, you come follow me. Mm-hmm. And any of us who have walked by faith certainly know and understand Jesus doesn't always give us what we want. Right. Jesus doesn't always meet our needs in the way yeah. that we would ask Jesus yes. to meet our needs. And uh, if he's not the foundation of our faith, at that point, our faith begins to crumble and we begin right. to have doubt and fear and paranoia and yeah. are easily deceived mm-hmm. by some things. Yeah, it's so, so very true. And, and you know, there's, uh, it's interesting because my dad used to always say that um, sometimes God will, 
in your life, figuratively, take you down to your basement, like the basement of who you are, and he'll go down there with a flashlight and he'll help you to see the cracks in your foundation. Wow. And I always thought that that was an interesting thing because, you know, there are times in your life when you have to kind of go back to the foundation. You have to see where are the things that you have allowed um, cracks to come in. Like if I'm going to build my life on Jesus Christ, well, then I've got to know Jesus. And if I don't, if I don't fully know him or I just know my own version of him, that'll cause there to be a crack in the foundation of my life. And sometimes God goes down there into the basement with you and he helps you to fill those cracks by saying, no, this is who Jesus is. Because a lot of times people dismiss parts of who Jesus is. Like they, they don't want the Jesus that turned the tables over in the temple, but right. they do want the Jesus who loves the woman at the well, you know, it's, yeah. and you, you got to have all of Jesus if you're going to have all of Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. That's so powerful. I think yeah. because a lot of people do, you know, and, and I confess I am probably guilty at this point. Sometimes this is the image of Jesus mm-hmm. I want because Jesus turning over the <laughs> tables in the temple makes me uncomfortable, right. <laughs> but that's who my Savior yeah. is. Well, and you think about, too, when I was just reading this passage of Scripture uh, yesterday, actually, when Jesus says, you know, some people will call me Lord, Lord, and I'll say, I never knew you. I never knew you. And then you're like, whoa, you know, but that's part of Jesus, too, That's and we have to take all of him. Right, and, you know, again, I, I realize when we talk about some people have the, the wrong foundation, maybe they build it on an understanding of Scripture that is not yeah. really how they're supposed to understand Scripture, and, and because of that, they have developed their own version of the truth, or, mm-hmm. or maybe they really do, because at some point in our faith, I think all of us have this as part of, say, mm-hmm. building on a personality. There's somebody we're drawn yes. to, somebody that when they speak or when they sing or yep. when they pray really draws us to a place of feeling passionate mm-hmm. about our faith. But uh, then it becomes that's who we depend upon. Yeah. And uh, that, that can be a dangerous thing. And we yeah. don't want to sound judgmental in saying people have the wrong foundation because right. I, I, I hope what's coming across is at some point we probably – all have those things, and those probably are what cause mm-hmm. the cracks in our foundation. Yeah. And yet, the foundation is sure. Yes, There's exactly. There's no other foundation. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not the promises. It's not the principles. Yeah. Uh, not even our purpose as a church. The person of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. is the only foundation yes. that we can have in the church. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of begs the question, <laughs> if, if there's only one foundation, why does the big church, capital C, divide itself into so many <laughs> little churches, right. lowercase c? And part of the way that I understand this, and it's helpful for me, I hope it's helpful for other people, is uh, the church is people. Mm-hmm. And people are diverse, and people have different experiences, mm-hmm. and people have different understandings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that's why there are so many different churches. We read and understand the Bible mm-hmm. differently. Our practices are different. You know, do we practice infant baptism? Do we practice right. um, only believers' baptism? Do we practice rebaptism? Mm-hmm. Do we use grape juice or wine? I mean, yeah. some of the practices of our faith are simply different. Uh, and that, I think, is because people are different. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, when I think about wondering what God intended when the church began because I often feel like we as humans tend to be very broken and so what we do and what we create often has a lot of broken pieces in it but I wonder with the church did he intend for us to be divided did he intend for us to um, to have such different views on 
the interpretation of scripture or does it hurt his heart that we do that? I just often wonder, what are your thoughts? You know, I, I love that question. Mm -hmm. I, I'm really thinking, you know, is this something I'm going to address in, in <laughs> yeah. this series? Yeah. Because, um, you know, looking at the church in Corinth, and the, the key yeah. issue that we read about is some of the Corinthian Christians came to faith in Christ through the teaching and the preaching, the leadership of the Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. Others came to faith in Christ through the preaching and teaching of somebody we know very little about. Right. I, I wonder if he was an evangelist gifted with that uh -huh. spiritual gift uh, by the name of Apollos. Uh -huh. And then there were probably, in my opinion, a third group of people that really never heard Paul. They never heard Apollos, but uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> they came to faith in Christ under the witness of those Corinthian yeah. people. And so I, I've wondered if when Paul writes this, and he says, look, some of you say I belong to Paul. And some yeah. of you say I belong to Apollos. And it doesn't matter. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter who plants and who waters. God's the one that always brings a harvest. Yeah. And then he comes back and says, because there's only one foundation, people. Uh -huh. There's only one foundation. And so what I wonder <laughs> if, if what happened is at this point, because we don't know how big the church at Corinth no, was. No, we don't. Yeah. And so I wonder if what happened was, you know, they still kind of separated, uh -huh. but they felt a kinship. Yes. You know, that, that they, you know, it's like, okay, well, we're going to go over here on the uh, east side of <laughs> Corinth by the ocean, yes. and uh, we're going to, you know, be the first apostolic <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> church of Jesus Christ. And some other people said, wow, you know, that's kind of a long commute and live streaming hasn't been invented right. yet. So we're going to build up at, by the river, yeah. you know, where yeah. the good fishing is. And, and we're going to be the first, well, I'll tell you what, we'll just call ourselves St. Paul <laughs> Corinthian Church. I, I really yeah. wonder if that's something that happened that as the witness of Christ grew and as more people came to faith yeah. in Christ, did it get to be a place where it suddenly was unmanageable? Right. And the best way to manage it was to have different strategic locations where the people of God yeah. could gather. And maybe they did gather around the personalities mm -hmm. of those people that preached the gospel to them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't want people going away saying, oh, we learned the deepest revelation knowledge <laughs> of St. Paul and the Apollostolic <laughs> Church. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that happened. I'm right. just saying... What if? What if yeah, it could, did? Could, could that have happened? Yeah, exactly. Uh, because we know the church in Corinth uh, wasn't much like the church in the region of Galatia. Mm -hmm. It wasn't much like the church in Thessalonica. Right. They all would have had their own personality. And yeah. that's one of the things that makes this church so diverse mm -hmm. is geography. Yes. Or language. Right. Or custom. Mm -hmm. I, I think all those things help to explain why there are so many yeah. lowercase c yeah. churches. Yeah. And part of that, too, I love it reminds me uh, of what Paul said about the about the um, church being one body with many parts, which which is what, like nine chapters later. Yeah, in the book exactly. Of First yeah. And I and I just love that because it really does help us understand that it's OK that we're different. It's OK that we have different yes. purposes. It's OK that we have different um, abilities, but we still are a part of one body, one spirit, again, comes back down to who our foundation is. But when we lose track of who our foundation is, we lose track of it all. Right, right. And the, the sad thing is sometimes we don't always project the image that we're all part of the same body right. of Christ. so true. Uh, and that becomes confusing to people outside the church. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is why, you know, I, I haven't heard this a lot, but I read it a lot. Mm -hmm. of people say, 
all the people that go to that church look the same, yeah. talk the same, they wear the same clothes, they wear the, drive mm-hmm. the same cars, mm-hmm. live in the same kind of houses, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they think we're all the same. But the reality is uh, <laughs> there is a lot mm-hmm. of diversity. I mean, I'm surprised sometimes when I talk to people in the church that maybe I've never talked to, but they're as faithful as the sunrise. I mean, yeah. you know, they're, they're here every time the doors are open yeah. and they've never questioned anything. They, mm-hmm. Maybe they come up and say, hey, that was a good sermon. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Then you find out later, they really disagreed with everything <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> that I just preached. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's like, wow, mm-hmm. I, I never knew that, but I don't feel divided right. from them. Right. Uh, but we're not all the same. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that on any given Sunday, there's a family driving to church that they were fighting all the way to the church, yeah. but they get out of the car and they're smiling and they're being nice because they don't want everybody to know. Right. Or, you know, people come uh, and their lives are just a wreck. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had times in my life where it's like, oh, man, I got to get up and God's laid this sermon mm-hmm. on, you know, being a, a loving husband and a great father. And I just wish all my family would go away for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we need a break from each other oh, kind yeah. of thing. It's hard. Yeah. Um, it, the, the image that, that I shared on Sunday that I think is so helpful, and, and if anyone's listening and, and they are kind of unchurched or de-churched mm-hmm. or curious about the church, mm-hmm. the church is made up of imperfect people. And the, the image that shows the diversity and yet the unity within the body of Christ is the image we get from the story of Noah and the ark that all these animals were on there. And, and we liken the church to the ark and that it's the only boat afloat in a world that is drowning and dying. Yeah. But inside the ark. Ooh. <laughs> it can be it, a little you, smelly. You grew up in Kansas, so I bet at some point in your life you drove by a feed lot. Oh, yeah. And and I remember as a kid growing up in Frederick, we would drive by the, the feed lot, yep. and it's like, can I hold my breath yes. long enough so I do not have to smell? Right. Oh, and how it that. lingers. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty rough. <laughs> so the foundation is the person. And the church is people, mm-hmm. uh, imperfect people, mm-hmm. diverse people, people with different experiences, but the same foundation. Mm-hmm. The church is not a place. And yet, mm-hmm. the church has many gathering places. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, when we invite people to church, a lot of times, you know, if, if uh, you were to invite someone or if your kids were to invite somebody yeah. one to church, they'd be like, oh, you know, our youth group meets on Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock yeah. at 2727 Southwest 119th <laughs> Street, although yeah. they wouldn't say that. It would probably be uh, we're on 119th just east of May. Yeah. Uh, but those aren't the only gathering places we have. Mm-mm, no, and and this is kind of referencing what we talked about earlier with technology. Mm-hmm. It's really made it so that we can gather anywhere and you know it's a great it's a great thing that the church has grabbed onto this beautiful opportunity to share the gospel in this way but i think it's also important for us to remember as the church body the one that is made up of many parts that when we don't see people on a regular basis in the same place that we are in it's easy to forget about them right and so i think we have the responsibility to remember those who are watching from home or watching from the lake or 
um, deciding to watch on Tuesday instead of Sunday. Right. We just have to remember those people. And, and you know, as pastors, you and I have a great responsibility to connect with them. But as parishioners, as church members, as people who are part of this family, they also have a responsibility, too, to be connecting with people. And that's what I love about the early church and the example that the early church gave us was that they lived together in community. So right. it wasn't like they just gathered on one day of the week and they only saw each other then, or maybe they didn't because they were kids were playing baseball or something, but they, they were gathering together all the time, eating together, breaking bread together, sharing their resources with one another. And you know, that, if anything that the church has lost, I think it's that. And that makes me sad. Yeah. That, that sense of community, uh, you mm-hmm. know, technology draws us closer, but one reason we need that is because other things have, you know, drawn, drawn us, apart, us apart, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, our activities or, or, you know, schedules that yeah. we keep. When we started the, the live streaming, uh, I remember, you know, like, who, who's the target? You mm-hmm. know, that's how's this going to help us accomplish our mission as a church, right. which is what I'll preach on uh, Sunday and what we'll talk yeah. about more next week. How does this help us accomplish the mission of the church? And with the live streaming, we, we really just saw two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, as God is, there's more than two things. Yes. But but I, when people said, why are we doing this? My first thought was anybody who is unchurched mm-hmm. that thinks maybe they want to come to our church, if there's someone that moves into the community and they're wondering, wow, all these churches, which right. one do I go to? They can go online and they get a, a sense of what that's like mm-hmm. and, and what the music's like and what the preaching's like. And, yeah. you know, they, they really get a sense of that. But then the other one is that part of our community of faith here at St. Andrews that, that can't be here on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the shut-in, the mm-hmm. person that doesn't have transportation Mm -hmm. um, and often they feel disconnected from the church and and what I have learned is uh, well just this past week I I called some people that haven't been coming Mm -hmm. because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. and they will say we're in church every Sunday Mm -hmm. and and I love that and and those of you that are listening to this if you watch online I want you to know it's hard for me to get out of that well, we gather at 2727 yeah. Southwest 119th because sometimes I go back and watch game film, watch the sermon, see how I do it. I go, God, I can't believe I said that. I said that to the people here. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that to mm-hmm. all the people, you watching. know, that are that are watching online. And mm-hmm. so it's challenging uh, me. I think you it's, yeah. it challenges the worship uh, band mm-hmm. that, that we have to do things differently because right. we're not just trying to reach people here. We're reaching out right. to other people as well. And, and so the, the options of on-site, online, or Mm -hmm. on-demand, you know, just tune in Mm -hmm. whenever it is more convenient for you. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a place the church gathers. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. You know, one one last closing thought I'll leave people with is uh, a week ago, we had for our youth a back-to-school bash, and we took them outside on our property. If you've never been to St. Andrews, we have a really large property. And so we have baseball fields and a lot of grass. And so we took the youth outside and we were doing slip and slide kickball, which is a sight to see anybody play. Did you play? <laughs> this time, no, but before I did. Okay, I was, I, the I, last I, time I, we did it, I played. a great umpire. I oh, bet. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But we had a really good time with it. Well, I got a phone call from a lady who had reached out to us on our website by chat and we'd gotten back to her. She was curious about youth activities because she has some kids in the youth. And um, so I, I had emailed her and said, here's when our youth meet. Here's, here's what we do. We'd love to have your kids come. 
Well, she called because my phone number was on that email. So she called me and we probably talked for 20 minutes or longer. But one of the things that she said that stuck with me was she said, my son, who is almost 13, uh, was going to church with a friend of ours that same Wednesday night, different church. And they were driving past St. Andrews. And she said her son, who was very reserved, very laid back, Set, looked out the window and saw all of the youth outside playing slip and slide kickball. And he said, Mom, do you think we could try that church? Like, look what they're doing. Wow. And it, it struck me because, you know, how often do we, do we pray that people will be driving by the church and just be drawn in? Like, that's right. what we would love because so many people drive past our churches on a busy street. But to hear that and then to have her say, you know, that's the reason we're going to try St. Andrews on Sunday. And, you know, I, and so we talked more about that. But it makes me connect it to an even deeper level of something, that when our church people are out in the community living the joy of Jesus Christ, people will walk by them and say, I want that. Right. Like, what is happening there? And so it's great when they do that to our church building and they say, I, I'm going to go there. But it's even better when our people are so inspired that they that they stand out. You know, when our when our members are at their law office or they're at their dentist office or they're at the grocery store, wherever they are, and somebody notices something different about them because they've built their foundation of their life on Jesus, they are a part of a community that's not perfect but is living out the love of Jesus Christ. And then people will walk by them and say, I'm going to try that. (laughs) And I just think that that is a cool way of thinking about the church meets in many places because we take the church with us wherever we go. Yeah, we are the church. Yeah, that's exactly right. We are the church. Well, friends, we're so glad you tuned in today, and we pray that uh, this has been a blessing to you. As always, we do want to say, if if you've never visited 2727 Southwest 119th, we are back to the place where we have three worship services. 815 is our traditional service, and then 930 and 1050 are the more contemporary services that we have. Uh, of course, you can always join us online for the 815 or the 1050 as they're live streamed on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. You would want to make sure that you type in St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church or St. Andrew's Community UMC, and that will help you to find our worship services. Uh, we just believe that God is doing new things in our lives, that we have good news to share, and there certainly is a lot of bad news we hear. The world can use some good news. So thanks for tuning in. Give us a shout out. Let us know your comments. God bless and have a good day. Hey friends, D.A. Bennett, St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church. I want you to know that we are discovering some real blessing and benefit of digital discipleship, but we also want to talk to you about subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, it's under the church's name and you'll get some different uh, video devotions each day. So if you're looking for another venue, maybe it'll work for you. God bless.